Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Habitat Update, the podcast about Japan and entrepreneurship-related topics based in and focusing on the Kansai area of Japan with the cities Kyoto, Kobe and Osaka and so on, going live every more or less two weeks uh, as an audio-only podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and you can find a video version if you're watching, hello there, on YouTube. This is episode 13. My name is Tugi and here with me as always Sabrina and today we have a guest. Welcome designer in residence Connor. Designer. <laughs> well I don't know I had to make up something right? <laughs> Max no you're not happy should we change that? Okay you can say welcome okay. Connor and then he introduce himself. Well yeah let's introduce let me please introduce yourself Connor. Uh, <laughs> designer residence Connor Kirk. <laughs> I accept that title. Good um, let's roll with that. Yeah thanks for having me. So, Connor, you've been around uh, in Kyoto, in Japan, for a while um, and evolved a little bit in the, in the well, startup makers scene, community. What have you been up to? What have you been doing? So, if you mind sharing. Um, well, I got into the scene when I started working at Material Kyoto, which is another, if you, if you don't know, it's another makerspace slash co-working space in Kyoto that opened about two years ago. And I started there when they opened and um, they didn't have anyone at the start who knew how to use all the machines. So, and I seemed to be the person most interested in the machines. So I started watching YouTube videos and figured out how to use them and um, started teaching um, other users how to use the machines and kind of planning events around um, making things with 3D printing and laser cutting and CNC milling um, and that's kind of how I got into it and now um, through a long series of events I am now here at KMG. The Kyoto Makers Garage, yeah. part of the Makers Bootcamp movement here, um, but how long, when was that, when did you join Material Kyoto? That was December 2015. So two, three, two, two, three years ago. Yeah. Was that, when did the whole like 3D printing uh, movement a little bit start or was that, is, is, was Japan a little bit behind or how did you experience that coming, being interested in the topic yourself? I'm sure you were like looking up things and other places are way ahead or I don't know, how, how was that? Yeah, actually before I started working there, I was working as a translator um, at a company called Hatena and uh, Sometimes when I was really bored at work because I finished all my work, happens. Um, yeah, I would just start researching things, and um, I think originally I I got interested in three D printers through a YouTube channel called Tested, um, which is a YouTube channel that was started by Adam Savage, who was the guy from MythBusters. Oh yeah, mm. um, you know the show MythBusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he used to be in, on the show Mythbusters, and he also used to work for, um, he used to do like the prop design, and he would build the things that were in the original Star Wars movies. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. He's a prop maker, um, and he's also just a maker in general, and a total nerd. Um, and so, yeah, I started watching his YouTube channel, which is really interesting, and that's, and then I was like, oh, I want to, I want to try it using a 3D printer or I want to use like some tools and and then uh, it was like oh this new makerspace is opening and they're looking for 
um, staff, and I was like, well, all right. I mean, so that was basically when they opened, you, you joined them more or less. Yeah, so I had no idea how okay. to use any of these machines when I started working there. Okay, self-taught. <laughs> yeah, and I figured it out in a couple of months. And You were one of the, I would say, main advisors in selecting the machines for this, the makerspace here in Kyoto Makers Garage. Right. What did you base your decisions on or your advice on or what do you what, what do you usually pay attention to if you select these machines or why? Yeah, I mean <clears throat> I spend a lot of time uh, researching things, um, reading about things on Reddit and watching YouTube videos, like I said. Um, and there are a lot of really popular 3D printing channels out there. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe, the 3D printing nerd. Um, what's the other one? Thomas Sal San Sandletter Salamander. I can't say that guy's name. Um, sounds like Thomas Salamander or something. Not Thomas the lo locomotive. No, that one exists too. I watch that one usually. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Send me the link for that. Later. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, send me the, if you have any recommendations, you can post them as well. Ah, the donuts, the locomotive? Well, I can send you that one too. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I watch these YouTube channels and they do a lot of, like, reviews of 3D printers and, oh, yeah. and talk in a lot of detail about um, different 3D printers and materials and stuff. And, um, yeah, I've watched pretty much, like, all of those videos on all those channels and... Um, so a lot of, you know, the decision making process of, you know, choosing the tools that we have here was based off of expert um, advice from mm -hmm. YouTube, 3D printing YouTube guys. Um, so the machines we have here, there's a Lulzbot Taz 6 and a Prusa i3 MK2S. So these are two of the highest rated um, and most respected 3D printers in, in the 3D printing world. Uh, if I want to buy one, get one for home, are those affordable? Are the materials affordable to use them? I don't know. I don't know if you, how much you charge or for how you offer it here to use it. Uh, yeah, they are. I mean, they, they're super affordable and they're getting more and more affordable every year. So. Like this... To get a Prusa i3 MK2S, I think it's now $600. Okay. So, half the price of a MacBook yeah. or something. Um, and you get a 3D printer. You can make all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, that's, you know, $600 deal, you know? And the materials are cheap, too. You can get, um, like, a one kilogram roll of PLA for $20. Um, that's what's used to... Build the stuff, right, right. The print, the the ink, yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> you know the 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 basic ingredient of three uh, D prints. Yeah, what I like, like as you see with the the one the Prusa you mentioned, some parts of it are you can technically reprint it yourself. It could be printed on the machine or was even printed on with using that, right? Yeah, technically, they actually uh, so Prusa's. Uh, a company in um, Prague. Okay. Their headquarters are in Prague, and um, they have just basically a giant room filled with printers 
that are printing new printers. Okay. So yeah. they they manufacture all of the parts. I mean, they're they're metal parts. There are a lot of metal parts on there too, but um, there are a lot of three D printed parts that they they manufacture all in house. Um, and the great thing about this printer and that printer also is that it's completely open source. So okay. All of the three printed parts on the machine can be downloaded for free from their website. Um, it's actually like it's this big zip folder, so you download it, and it's one folder that contains all of the parts for the whole machine. Um, but that's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and same for this too. You can download all the three D printed parts from the Tad Six. Um, so if something breaks or if something melts, or if you just want to change the color of something, you can print out a new one and, and replace it. So not only do they like kind of sell the product by saying they produce it themselves like on the same machine, so it's a quite good case. <laughs> and then, then you have all these customizations, which is cool. And then I think, I'm sure the community out there regarding open source, there are a lot of reference parts or models and uh, projects up there for inspiration or how do you I'm always thinking like ah I want to buy one of these machines but uh, what can I do with it like I guess until you you try you don't know or you just have to get into it or how was it for you you just started doing stuff or <laughs> like anything useful or just getting inspiration by others or well, I think if you haven't used a 3d printer before it's probably difficult to think of ideas mm. you know to use it for you know um, but once you sort of have that as a tool in your mind of like you know the things that you you know your um, your repertoire I guess is the word maybe um, things start coming to you like just the other day um, my wife and I were, were walking with our baby daughter with our stroller and I had a bottle of water and I was thinking, oh, it'd be really great if there was like a cup holder on the side of the handlebar of the stroller. Um, and I was like, well, yeah, I'll just, I'll 3D print something for it. Okay. Uh, next time I go to work, I'll just, you know, model something in Fusion 360 and print it out, snap it on the stroller, and now we've got a cup holder. You know? So things like that, just like little practical, um, everyday use type things. It's really it's, convenient to have access to. It's things. cool. I can imagine. Like, you just, yeah, things happen in your household and you're like, oh, geez, I wish I had, yeah, as you said, like some cup holder or something like this. Oh, let's print it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, pink my stroller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have Make one question from considering like the makers movement and how do-it-yourself machines are now accessible to a broader audience for a lower cost. How would you consider uh, like compared the makers movement in Japan uh, compared to other places like America where you're from in terms of how accessible and how much space uh, average makers have in their own houses to have a small place to do their own things mm, true that's an issue yeah yeah I mean just strictly speaking about space um, People in Japan don't really have much extra space in their in their apartments in their homes. Um, you know, houses are tiny here, and apartments are we even know tiny. <laughs> we know this. We know this. Um, 
But I mean, a tiny little printer like that, like a Prusa i3, you know, it's not, it's not big. Um, I mean, you see, like, so for everyone watching, it's a bit, so just to put it in perspective, I guess you see it on the camera, can you move your head? So that's me, right? That's standing next to me. That's a small one. We can do pretty much everything. So now, now everyone, you have a reason to watch the video. Yeah, pick it up. <laughs> you can grab it right there. You can actually the grab it. Yeah, yeah um, by the, the yeah. metal bar there. Yeah. It's not heavy. It's not that heavy. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. <laughs> yeah. I should it's start like a sales channel or something like this. Yeah. It's not heavy at all. Like, you can customize it. It is handled. <laughs> it's easy. Yeah, well, yeah no, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it is actually not that big. It's... Some people buy coffee machines, others buy 3D printers. <laughs> yeah, it's not big, it's not heavy. Um, even if you live in a tiny little Japanese apartment, you can still easily put one of these guys in your apartment. And it doesn't make a lot of noise either. You won't um, be disturbing your neighbors. You won't have your neighbors knocking on your door and telling you to shut up. It's quiet. Cool. And it doesn't, you know, if you're printing with like PLA or, you know, something like that, it's not going to create um, any smell either really it's not going to make any fumes or smell so totally usable for um, for even like using at home in a Japanese apartment. We're considering people can afford to have more than 40 square meters apartment in Japan right? Mm -hmm. Just to say average in Japan is 20 square meter. Like yeah. Furniture. Yeah well I yeah. say for students as I spoke to most of the users who are interested to use 3D printing and come to our space, I'd say the younger you are, the less right. chances are that you have both space and money to afford to buy machines here in Japan. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, the students, we get a lot of students who come here to use the 3D printers and uh, the laser cutter. Um, and I definitely don't think that they would buy one of these for themselves. Yeah. Know? It's much more um, convenient for them just to come here and use it. Oh, that's good. That's why we, we have these spaces, right? The yeah, maker yeah. spaces around the world. Yeah. And a lot of maker spaces have, you know, like $100,000 machines and like oh. really expensive machines. And I don't think that that should be a requirement of makerspace. You know, the, the machines don't have to be expensive. They, you know, these aren't expensive machines. The CNC machine and the laser cutter are expensive, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see that as a, a, a necessity of maker spaces. Um, yeah, one thing, how do you see? So you said you have students joining here. Do you see there? I don't know how much experience you have, or you, or you, from just hearing from others, the education here. People. Do they get the inputs to try out these things or do they know or how do they learn about these places? Do people find the space? Do they, why do they come here or does it take them really to go to kind of like a design school to come then or what are the backgrounds of the people? Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think that um, so far the students we're seeing here are either design or engineering students. Mm. I've noticed many business students who are interested to uh, as Connor mentioned, get a basic understanding of the capabilities of those machines to understand what they could do to solve their own daily problems. So many want to do something, but they have this uh, concept or idea that they would need 
something really, really, some really high skill engineer or maker uh, skill to do it, to do anything in a, in a maker space. So I think that, that that's like a, a little bit of like two, two targets. The first one, engineers and designers, they pretty much know what they want or what they can do. So they come here just to use the machine with a, usually a small project or their own purpose. Uh, the students who are still business students, they are a little bit, I would say, shy. They feel like they don't want to come here without any knowledge and, you know, learn from zero, which is totally acceptable. Even Connor said two years ago, that's when he started learning, right? So I think more people should try at least to see what they can do. Yeah, I think it's just the idea, the barrier is high. Even me, like you think, oh, not only learning the machine, but you have to use the software. And I don't know, and I guess most software basic are all free available or come with the machine, I don't know. The software? Yeah. Yeah, it's all free. Um, but I mean, everything except for Adobe Illustrator, all of the software you need to do these is free. You, yeah, okay, so for the designs, you can do on these machines, you have the open source. Like, mm -hmm. Even I think sometimes like Google does even have 3D browser-based modeling. Uh, they do? I think so. Cool. They're everywhere these days. Yeah. But that's cool. And how do you so how do you try to bring more people here? Like one, one of the efforts is uh, right after we record this, Connor's gonna have a 3D printing meetup. Uh, this is one effort, like you, you just make meetups just to teach and talk and exchange with people. Or mm -hmm. how else could you think to bring? Yeah, I mean, the 3D printing meetup, um, we've only done it three times? Two, two, two three times. times. Uh, okay, so the today's going to be... The last time was be, three or four? No. No, that was the third time. Yeah, today's going to be our third uh, meeting. Okay. We started in December last year. Um, and it's just a small group of nerds like me, and we sit around and drink beer and eat snacks and talk about 3D printing. Sounds like fun. Good for me. It is really fun. Um, I also really enjoy um, sharing like some 3D modeling tips. Um, I use Fusion 360 mostly for 3D modeling. Um, and it's kind of fun to talk about like 3D modeling for 3D printing. Mm -hmm. uh, because you really have to think differently about how you're, how you're modeling when you're making something that is going to be 3D printed. True, the machines have limitations, or, or is it just the parts, or yeah, yeah it's different. It's, you sort of have to work around the limitations yeah. of the machine to, to get what you want. Um, so yeah, we just kind of sit around and talk about stuff like that. Um, sometimes people bring things that they printed to, to talk about. Um, That's cool, that would, be, that would be interesting, like have a 3D printing meetup or 3D printing showcase event. Yeah, At some like, point, people come and bring it to show what they do, like anyone. Yeah, there's definitely a, a show-and-tell element yeah. to it, you know? Um, there's one guy today, I think he's actually going to bring his printer with him. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, okay. some, like, Chinese printer that he got, and, um, yeah, we'll see if he brings it in that, but, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, um, that's... Pretty much already a great introduction, I would say. Thank you very much, Connor. Uh, anything from your side to add now? That's it. Thanks, guys. Everyone should come. It would be cool. You're, you're here basically every day. I'm here every now. day. Monday to Friday? 
Monday to Friday. From so 1 p.m.? From 1 p.m. to <laughs> 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. Occasional toilet breaks? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I go to the bathroom. And coffee okay. breaks? Sometimes I drink coffee. Is it yeah. announced somewhere? somewhere on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a website. I want to see, see, like, short notice. I want no, but yeah, like to listen to the viewers out there, like if you ever end up in Kyoto, want to check out the space and or you have questions or designer in residence here. <laughs> yeah, come by. Don't be scared. Uh, I speak Japanese too. so He you, speaks Japanese too. If you don't speak English, it's, it's okay. Not sure if they listen then. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but, but anyway, you never but know. That's a good to know. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. Uh, well, I hope... I hope to see you maybe more often and later in the, in the show. But yeah, I just want to say that this weekend we are going to have our first Arduino crash course. So we'll have a professional industrial designer and hardcore maker showing a little bit of his like hobby. That's pretty much what uh, Benjamin does his, uh, during his free time. He's a French uh, industrial designer mm. based in Kyoto, working for our prototype makers in uh, our network. The ones that actually help startups to build their products, but this time he will come uh, as our community member and bring a little bit of his uh, hobby here and expertise. The, yeah, but actually more than expertise because, as Connor mentioned, as an industrial designer, things you use to three D print those machines might be different from the ones when you're printing something mm -hmm. more industrial level, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be interesting for any of you that might be available. Sunday the 11th from 1.30 p.m. You just get have to go meet up page. I share the links. That's a good jump right into the or section where we talk about the... Uh, I'll leave out the... Since we had an extensive discussion here before, I leave out our experience with previous meetups we've been to in the recent weeks. We can do that next time. Tune in. But about upcoming meetups and events, we think it's in interesting. One of them, I have it here on my cheat sheet. The, the Arduino course uh -huh. course here, a workshop uh, on Sunday, February 11th. The next one, we have a, well, once more, one more thing for makers, the monthly Osaka Makers Meetup. Uh, it's obviously in Osaka. February 14th on, yeah, you know, Valentine's Day. What else is out there to do? It's a Wednesday. Next thing, uh, next week, Friday, February 16th, we have uh, next episode of Habitat. Friday, not episode, it's just a meetup meet event. The second meetup event in the series we hope to have every month. It's in uh, Osaka, in Umeda, uh, very conversation-based, discussion-based. I might say a little something about storytelling. We've been to some workshops before, I've been to some workshops before and want to share that with everyone who will join. Then, uh, just to mention something interesting, February 17th is a Saturday then, we have Pechakucha Night in Osaka, as well as in Kyoto, independent events. But uh, Pechakucha, for everyone who doesn't know, 2020, 20 slides, 20 seconds each, uh, invented by architects to keep uh, presentations short and creative. Check it out, it's really cool. Um, and then February 23rd, Friday, Hacken News Kansai has a next meetup in Osaka. A uh, bunch of cool people joining, just hanging, talking. Uh, February 24th, Saturday, Osaka Web Designers and Developers Meetup, the first for them this year. And maybe one more thing to mention, well, as always, end of this month, 27th of February, we have the Hakosaka event, free for everyone to join. Don't miss that one. 
the networking event costs 4,000 yen if you're interested and the next day then the Get in the Ring 2018 Osaka. Yeah, and during Hack Osaka there will be also another hardware competition, it's called Monozukuri Hardware Cup. Uh, and the three finalists from Japan will get the chance to travel to Pittsburgh and compete with the international uh, startups. Wow, okay, great. Well, with that, I'm pretty much in the end what I wanted to share. One more thing we mentioned. Did you watch the new Star Wars? I didn't see it yet, no. No, but you're, you're a fan. I am. I really want to see it. Um, okay. But the problem is I have a three-month-old baby and <laughs> my wife also wants to see it. Um, so we want to go together, but we have a baby, so we need a babysitter or something. Oh, I have, I'm a candidate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys live pretty, like, right down the street, too. So. Technically. <laughs> no, but, yeah, okay, because you mentioned he was the prop maker for Star Wars. And it was kind of like a, it was in my head now thinking about, because it's a very controversial new movie. Some people are not so happy with it. I don't know how much you heard. Don't spoil. No spoilers, no spoilers. I am a fan. I'm not like a hardcore fan. No, me neither. So I was pretty okay with it. That's if there's like lasers and lightsabers and flying around and ships, then I'm happy. Ah, you, that's it. Yeah, you're going to like it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Great. And robots. And robots. And yeah. robots. There's robots. Good. People, people. Yeah. Cool. Great. Well, with that, um, thank you very much, Connor, for joining us. Uh, for our input uh, as I mentioned before uh, if anyone has any questions regarding 3D printing or the space here uh, just show up or <laughs> then write to Makers Bootcamp either on their webpage or through uh, maybe through the, the Twitter account at Makers Bootcamp and it's the same place where you can reach Sabrina and me you can reach uh, over the GVH Osaka webpage or then on Twitter as at GwenST I put all the information in the descriptions of the video or blended in in the video, like somewhere here. I don't know. It's difficult to navigate here because it's like inverse, like you know, right here, like left, right. Someone no, had too much coffee. Yeah, we have. Yeah, okay, <laughs> with that, thank you very much for everyone tuning in. Let us know what you think of it. Send us an email if you have any events, any questions, any thoughts. We should discuss here to habitatupdate at gmail.com we're happy for everything anything um, this has been episode 13 of habitat update the podcast about japan and entrepreneurship based in and focusing on the kansai area going live every two weeks more or less thank you very much <laughs>